Hey team, Jake here, and uh, today we are with uh, Matthew Lewison, who's a great friend of mine. Welcome to Louis, and uh, he is the CEO and founder of a company called Open Corp, and uh, he's going to be talking to us today about uh, building wealth and um, building a better future for yourself and your family financially. And uh, Louis, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'm going to be awkwardly holding this microphone in between us today because we're in a coffee shop and we don't want to be too noisy for you guys. Very professional studio. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, anyway, welcome. Thanks to Louis. We've got 15 minutes, so we're going to be uh, super quick and get to the point. But before we do, Louis, can you tell everyone why they should listen to you on this topic? Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm probably very fortunate in that uh, I had a first-hand experience and education in growing wealth through my father. And uh, when I was younger, uh, my parents weren't, weren't overly wealthy. And my dad uh, worked as a sales rep and he had a second job um, doing estimating for a, for a concreting company. And through that, he was, he was already passionate about property, but he met a um, couple of... Uh, couple of Italian concreters who were mad about property and they just filled his head with all these ideas and, he, uh, and his passion grew. And at, uh, in the mid-1980s, he bought his first investment property, actually built uh, some townhouses and, uh, and um, sold three of the four townhouses, kept one. Um, so my brother and I managed to, or were lucky enough to watch him as we grew as well. We were spending all our time in the holidays on his development sites and his investment properties helping to clean them up between tenants or clean up sites that were under construction and we're just immersed in it. We saw him transform his life financially uh, from 1984 through to the, the mid-90s and as a result we saw firsthand sort of the highs and lows of the property market but also I guess understanding how he followed a really simple system and process. He just dealt with uh, the affordable end of the market. All of his properties were always rented out. But that made my brother Alistair and I really passionate about, about investment. Um, I went to university and studied uh, corporate finance. I went to work for a large public listed developer and was really fortunate to rise through the ranks there quite quickly and then um, founded OpenCorp with my brother Alistair and our other business partner, Ken McClellan, uh, who's author of a, a book on, um, on investing. Um, in the, the late 2000s, uh, we founded the company and. Uh, Open Corp's a diversified uh, investment house, I suppose, where we offer property investment advisory services, uh, finance broking, property management, funds management, and a few other bits and pieces. So it's kind of all that we do now is invest and advise, uh, advise people on how to invest themselves. Um, and as I said, we're always really fortunate to have the upbringing I had in that regard. Um, and while I didn't go to any prestigious school, I think the, the school... Schooling that I got from my, my dad was as valuable, if not more valuable, than anything I could have got at university and, um, and uh, obviously at high school as well. So, hopefully, so, that qualifies me. Yeah, to that definitely people. qualifies you. And uh, just from that, you know, lessons just from your little story there. Yeah. One, hang around people. You know, if you want to make more money, hang around people who know how to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, you learned that from your dad. From your dad, and dad also yeah. learned. Like from someone else, other people who he didn't just magically wake up with that knowledge one day. Um, have a plan. You, know, you mentioned your dad stuck to certain yep. buildings, right? Certain properties, certain types of properties. That's yeah. very cool. And the third lesson that I took away was you don't necessarily need to have a super high income to build wealth. No, well, what I didn't mention. So I bought my first property when I was eighteen. So, and obviously having 
goodness, Dad, you're 21 now. <laughs> 22. Um, and uh, so when I was in my teens, my brother and I were, he's three years older than me, we were already reading books, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yep. um, a bunch of other sort of Australian and overseas books on how to, how to grow wealth. And we went to seminars, so we just immersed ourselves in that, absorbed as much information as we could. We saved up all of the money we were earning on sites with dad and working part-time jobs. So when I was 18, my brother was 21, and we neither of us had enough money to buy a property, but together we could afford a deposit. We paid 120000 for a two-bedroom unit in the outer suburbs of Melbourne, um, putting 20 grand down ourselves. And uh, that got us into the got us into the market. A few years later, well, the next year, my brother was able to afford to buy his own property as well, and he just started to um, to build on his his portfolio. I was at uni, so I wasn't earning quite the same money he was. But every couple of years, I just kept adding to that and following the same same pathway. But we certainly didn't earn a lot of money when we bought our first property. And I think that's one area where even a lot of our clients today come through, and they all think they have to do it themselves. Um, but there's so many other sources to at least get into the market, or even even if it's not property, if that's not your thing, to get on, uh, get into investments. You don't need to start huge, and you don't need to risk everything um, all on your own. Um, you can pool with other people. You can go small into certain things. There's funds now popping up that allow people to get into um, into the property market with yep. as little as a thousand dollars. And you're going to be releasing one of those that soon. Wasn't, right? That wasn't a segue for that. But no, but uh, you are. So but yeah. certainly, I mean, that's one of the things that. Um, that we feel that there's a there's a lot of um, when you look at through 1994, 70% of people own their own home. Today, that 62% of people in Australia own their own home. In the just 24 years, it's dropped. It's expected to continue dropping, um, just because obviously affordability is sort of continuing to to get a little bit out of reach for people trying to do it on their own. And we wanted to make something that allowed people to get into the market and help them to save for a deposit. And if the market um, is going uh, going up and there's a bit of heat in the market at a time, you can't save as fast as the market can go up or as fast as the investment can go up if it's rising. Um, so it allows them to get into the market earlier and then take their money out when they're ready to buy their own property and obviously not fall behind the market. So, But there's there's others out there as well. There's some, some interesting, um, interesting funds popping up, but obviously a lot of people focused on this part of the market trying to help yep. people to get in and follow what's what's happened overseas where it's a, and a huge thing on that kind of topic uh, i think a lot of people when it, they think of investing they think of buy my own home and that's about it right Absolutely. so uh and we're short on time so we're trying to get as much crammed in in the next 10 minutes as we can but what are the different options for people as you see them so average joe out there on a typical fairly average income with a little bit extra you know left over at the end of the week um, well, Scott Pape uh, has a great book, the, the Barefoot Investor, and I know it's not for everybody. One of there's a few really simple things I love about um, Scott Pape's book uh, is ways of managing money, and, and a lot of people have, have trouble following a budget. I, even I have trouble following a budget. I can always you buy too many pink shirts. <laughs> I always, um, when I have surplus cash, I'm happy to put it into investments, and I'll invest first. So I've never actually thought of myself as a saver because I'll invest my money and then what I've got left over, I pretty much spend everything. Um, and the and concept of saving for savings sake, like there's two schools of thought. One, you, know, you need to have a buffer, but two is inflation's going to outweigh your savings, right? Yeah. So I guess that's the purpose of investing and 
savings, if you're just saving, you're putting money under your, under your mattress every day, um, you're going backwards because inflation obviously means that the value of your $10,000 in a wad under your, under your bed uh, won't get by you what $10,000 will today if you're leaving it there for 10 years. So investing, even if your money's in the bank, that's an investment. It's in a savings account. You might be earning 1% interest. It's still an investment. That in itself won't keep up with inflation. So the idea is to get ahead of, at least get ahead of inflation, but also to grow above that. It's a great book, um, re really old book, uh, The Richest Man in Babylon. Um, and in that book, it talks about saving 10% of what you earn, investing it where you can earn 10% on your investments and reinvesting what you receive as dividends from that investment. And it's a really simple model and maybe 10% home returns aren't easy to come by for everybody on the street. Um, but to reinvest what you earn and to keep a regular savings plan going into investments where you're earning more than what you get in the bank is really sound advice as well. And if you look outside of property, there's, uh, I think the other thing that Scott Pape recommends is looking at index funds. If you don't have time, you're not, a, you're not interested in, a, in the share market. And essentially an index fund is a fund that buys the 200 or 500 biggest companies in the country that are on the stock exchange. So, for instance, Facebook um, didn't exist 20 years ago, so it wasn't in the top 500 uh, companies. But then all of a sudden, they entered the market, they grew really quickly, they entered the five, top 500. One dropped out for them to enter, and obviously they've taken the market up as have others. So it's always constantly investing in the best, com best companies. And that just makes it a lot more consistent instead of investing in one company and riding the ups and downs. You don't have to pick. And it doesn't necessarily mean you're gonna become rich overnight. It's a, long steady steady plan but if people are minded to going into property because um, property is obviously over the long term proven to be the most stable lowest volatility investment that generates the highest returns but if the barriers of entry or just your mindset is to do something different and knowledge yeah. right in property like you've got to also know what you're buying and why you're buying it yeah i mean it's in Businesses like ours exist because people can't know everything. Um, and I suppose it's like me turning up and saying, all right, I'm a, I'm a fitness expert. I saw somebody running down the street the other day. I spoke to my mate at the barbecue on the yep. weekend about exercising. So I'm just going to write my own program and, and go nuts. Um, I'm not going to get the same outcome that somebody coming to a, a business where there's professionals who spend every minute of the day thinking about the best ways to get people fit, to avoid injury and to get people healthy. Um, so with property, people make that mistake. They spoke to their mate at the barbecue. They said, oh, I'm going to go and buy a property. Um, around the corner here, there's really good buys over there. Let's, you should look at that. Buy in the mining town. Yeah, buy in the mining town. Or talk yeah. to your local real estate agent. Of course, the local real estate agent is going to tell you they've got the best investment property because they don't get a commission off you you buy interstate or you buy on the other side of town. Um, so you've got to be really careful about where you're going for, for that advice and not just relying on yourself and a bunch of non-experts um, if you want to get into property. So read as much as you can, um, talk to people who are experts, talk to people who have done it, not just to say they've done it, people who have genuinely done it and can demonstrate that because you're going to get a much better outcome following a proven path than, yep. um, yeah. And when, when it comes to choosing an investment, obviously there's uh, three main classes of investment, right? You've got um, property, you've got shares, and you've got businesses. 
and then there's kind of all these subdivisions of all of those things. Some are riskier than others. Like, what should someone look for when trying to decide what's the best way for them to invest? All right. So yeah, after, it comes down to risk profile. And if I use my dad as an example, so my dad's strategy was to invest in the affordable end of the property market because he saw there was always more people coming into and well, the population was growing but there's more people coming in at the bottom end of the market than there is at the top. Yep. And if he's providing product or housing for the bottom end of the market, they'll always be able to rent them out and they'll always be able to, to sell them. Um, so it was a risk management um, strategy as much as a, a wealth strategy. Yep. Now there's people who can make a fortune doing premium products, for instance, in property, um, but they have to know that market inside out and there's a huge risk if they don't get it right. So. It's sort of understanding what's your risk profile, how do you manage those risks, and how do you get a reasonable return um, for the risk that you're taking on and the money you're investing in. Again, most people think they have to get rich in the next five to 10 years, but yeah. generally if you approach it as a 20, 25 year game plan, with the ultimate outcome being, you don't just want a lot of assets hidden somewhere from you that you can't touch, but you can say I'm really rich because mm. on paper I'm worth $2 million. The goal of all investment is to generate an income and start to slowly replace your income, um, which will give you more flexibility in your lifestyle and give you more choices and give you a, a backup plan if something um, something unfortunate happens to you as well. So, yeah, think about what's where do you want to get to, same as with an exercise, but what do, what do you want to achieve? Um, what's, what's the risk that you're prepared to take on? Uh, what are you going to be comfortable with? Do you want to be able to sleep at night or are you happy to live on the edge of your seat a little bit? Um, and then what's the best way to get from A to B, knowing your risk profile and appetite and how much you can invest? Um, that's kind of the, the simplest way to describe it. Very cool. And we got one minute left. So in one minute, what haven't we covered that you think people should know? What would be the, like, the uh, one thing you could leave people with? All right. I know I put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm sure this is something that you uh, talk about with your team and your clients as well. But a lot of people think that life is and finance is an area of scarcity. Uh, and it's not an area of scarcity. So as our population grows, this is just the simplest way I can describe it. As our population grows, the amount of money in Australia goes up. For, every, for our wages to keep going up on average, it means that the government's printing money and it's more and more money coming into the economy all the time. So it's not stagnant. So the goal is to ensure that you're setting up a system that allows you to capture, capture more and more of that money that comes into the economy. And there's plenty for everyone. Uh, and you don't need to make, you don't need somebody else to lose for you to, to grow your wealth. Um, it's not a zero sum game. It's, absolutely. We can all win. Everyone can win, yes. Um, but if you think of it as an area of scarcity, then you're less likely to, to start. If you think it's, it's out of your reach or it's not, not possible for you to be, to be wealthy or financially secure. So uh, if you think of it as an area of abundance, there's plenty for everybody, then it's just a matter of working out ways for you to get a little bit at a time and keep growing your, your pool. You don't have to win the lotto one day. Absolutely. Not a good strategy. And, and I guess, you know, in terms of changing a belief is what you're just talking about. The number one way that we found that is changing your environment. In other words, getting around people that speak that language, reading the books, like you said, um, one or two books for people to read. You already mentioned. Uh, so I've already mentioned uh, Barefoot Investor, um, Richest Man in Babylon, yep. uh, which is a, an old one, a fable. It's really easy to read. 
uh, my four-year-old property investor, um, which is written by my business partner, Cam. Um, but uh, I think it's a really simple one for, for people to understand if you're thinking about, about property. Um, I could reel off another 20 or 30, but... Uh, start with those three. <laughs> start with those three. Louis, thank you very much. Always, thanks, Jack. And uh, any questions, guys, pop them in the comments here. And I'll get back in touch with this guy and uh, get some answers for you. Happy investing. <laughs>